1: Councillor Josh Matlow is in self-quarantine at home, and it's because he came into contact with someone who tested positive for COVID-19 on March the 5th. He's asymptomatic, but was advised by the city's medical officer of health, Dr. Eileen DeVilla, to undergo self-isolation until March 20th. And he joins us to discuss his experience. Hi, Josh. How are you? Hi, Libby. I'm, I'm well. Thank you. I'm certainly physically well, although I know I've got
2: a, a journey ahead of me over the next couple of weeks.
1: So, how does this work? You're in the basement while the rest of your family is upstairs. Uh, exactly.
2: Yeah, um, I'm, uh, I, I've created, uh, to the best of my ability, a functional uh, space <laughs> uh, where I can live uh, in the basement, and uh, but I but I am living apart from my family, uh, including. Uh, sleeping arrangements and eating and 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 really like living living apart from them uh, over this uh, self-isolation period.
1: Okay, so how do you eat? Do they you know, do they uh, leave a tray on the stairs or what?
2: Yeah, we're, I mean, we're obviously just figuring that out. Um, but uh, yeah, it, 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 basically, uh, last night, for example, uh, my wife uh, cooked some dinner and um, and then you know left it uh, kind of in the stairwell, uh, at the basement. And then, and then you know, left. And then I came up wearing a mask and gloves, uh, and got got the dinner. Um, so it's uh, we're we're just figuring that out. But obviously, as long as uh, uh, I eat in, in in a different place, uh, and uh, and use my own cups and, and plates, plates, et etc., uh, then you know we'll we'll figure it out as we go.
1: And is this uh, how you were advised to do it by Doctor Devilla? Yeah. So. I I uh,
2: I received um, uh, essentially a, a, a guide as to how to self isolate effectively, and I am taking every bit of that advice uh, so that I'm isolated uh, both from the rest of the world, but also uh, from my family
1: for the time being. What do and, you have? Uh, sorry? sorry, you have uh, how many kids? You have? I've got one. I've got a seven year old daughter. Okay so uh the guide was it a written guide or just uh verbal instructions? what did it say it's It's a PDF uh, that I received um, you know just showing me step by step
2: what i what I should do um but I also have access to a public health nurse who I can ask questions of uh if i have any you know any any follow up questions or anything isn't clear to me and in fact, um uh, I have a public health nurse who uh, has done today and will continue. To call me every day to, uh, to check in on me and to, to know my, my status uh, you know hopefully to you know see that I continue to remain asymptomatic um, and uh, and obviously if anything changes then their advice will change. but as for now uh, the advice is that I, I should uh, uh, remain self isolated for the time. being.
1: Did you take a test?
2: No uh uh I, I i again i'm not the expert i'm just you know seeking and taking the advice but given that i'm that i'm asymptomatic um uh the advice was that i immediately self isolate and in fact um and i think this is important to note um their practice i've learned is that um if somebody uh shows symptoms then what they do is that they track 24 hours back to anyone who might might have had close contact with that person, so uh, given that I have um, uh, shown no symptoms at all, um, their you know their advice is to just you know keep keep me self isolated until March twentieth, and then at that time I can you know come back to the world.
1: <laughs> now you came into contact with someone at the Beth Shalom Synagogue who returned from a conference, I believe, in Washington. Is that right? That's what I understand. Yes, and and how did you figure that out? So, um,
2: well, I'll, I'll just I'll tell you what happened. Uh, so, on Thursday, um, uh, on March fifth, I was invited uh, to uh, drop by the Beth Shalom Synagogue, where they host an out of the cold program for vulnerable people. And I was, uh, you know, toured around by a couple of individuals, um, and and then I left, and you know, my life continued as normal. Yesterday morning. I received a call from one of those two people who I was with, alerting me to the fact that the other had returned from Washington D.C., where he was at a conference, where he came in contact with somebody uh, with uh, COVID nineteen, and then he himself was um, uh, was, uh, was found to have a positive result. So, the first thing that I did was that I contacted public health and uh, to seek expert advice. And, uh, and then most importantly, as soon as I received that, uh, that information, I acted on it. And I would advise anybody, um, you know, uh, uh, obviously they're telling all of us to uh, keep good hygiene, to wash our hands frequently, to cough into our sleeves, et cetera. But any of us uh, should go to credible sources of information if we do have any concerns or worries. And then, of course, act on advice by the experts.
1: Uh- Josh, you, you were at the Liberal Convention on the weekend. What about that? Yeah, of course, there that, that was
2: top of mind uh, for me, and I'm sure many others, uh, when, when, uh, when uh, I was made aware of, of this information. Um, so, uh, again, the, the, the practice... Uh, 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 so, first of all, everyone there, and anybody else who I've been in contact with, is uh, deemed by uh, public health now to be of low risk. And the reason is, that there are practices that when uh, somebody is showing symptoms of COVID nineteen, they track back twenty four hours and then they seek to identify uh, people who've been in close contact with them. Given the fact that I have uh, zero symptoms, that uh, I'm asymptomatic, um, they with, with, with they're, they're they're not they're not calling out for uh, people uh, uh, who who uh, who I uh, come in contact with. And frankly, uh, the liberal convention is far more now uh, than 24 hours ago. So, I just want to give uh, anyone who is there some reassurance that that's the advice uh, that I've received from the Medical Officer of Health.
1: Okay, well, um, that's good news because that would be uh, that would be more of a problem now. Uh, uh, yeah, Josh, please absolutely. please hold on because we want to get to some uh, actual business in your yes. ward. Well. One thing we in the media are often criticized for is that we're quick to bring you the bad news, but not so fast to share it when things get fixed. Here on Fightback, we've had a number of items on the big hit that businesses along Eglinton are taking because of that lengthy, long-running LRT construction Well, I'm happy to say that our news department has been all over the news that Queen's Park is making $3 million available for relief. Now, if you have anything to say about that or anything else we've been talking about on the show, the number is 416-360-0740, toll free one 866 740 740 And so now I'd like to bring in Counselor Mike Cole, who along with Josh Mantlow was advocating for help for these businesses. Hi, Mike. Oh, hi, Libby. Hi, Josh. Hey, Mike. Okay, so, uh, Councillor Cole, what is your reaction to this news that uh, the government actually was listening to you and they will provide some relief? Yeah, no, like you said, uh, we we need some good news. uh, And we've got to appreciate
3: that the uh, minister did step up and uh, she heard our pleas uh, for help for small business. And uh, I know Josh and I are happy that uh, our... uh, Yelling and screaming uh, did uh, help these uh, small businesses. And uh, I really think it's a great first step that uh, there's uh, $3 million. Uh, and secondly, you know, the other thing that we're very pleased about is that they are going to ask Metrolinks, the builder of uh, the project, uh, the provincial agent there, they're going to look at possibly opening up one section of the crosstown so that at least those businesses... Uh, in that section of the line from Eglinton West uh, to uh, the end at uh, Black Creek, they will be uh, rid of the construction uh, uh, machinery, et cetera, much sooner. So they were, I'm glad on two fronts, not just the money front.
1: Okay. Um, how is this money going to be distributed?
3: Well, what we heard is this money is, goes to the Business Improvement Association's uh, on Eglinton, uh, they are uh, part of the city's uh, apparatus to help uh, small businesses uh, promote market and uh, essentially uh, provide services to the community. So it's going to go through the business improvement uh, associations uh, that exist along Eglinton. We've got about, Josh, I think we've got about six or seven there that uh, are operational that will receive the $3 million. But just remember, Libby, we need much more than the $3 million. That is like a down payment because it's just for marketing promotion. We also need some money for these businesses to pay the rent and to uh, pay their employees. Right now, none of that $3 million will help them pay the rent. So our next fight for Josh and I, when he gets out of quarantine there, is got to get them some money so they can pay the rent.
1: Um- Josh, what do you say to people who say this is a kind of a dangerous precedent? You know we had businesses that went under because of the right away on St Clair. Uh, we had the King Street people who' saying that the change in the traffic rules cost them a lot of business, and you know there was there was no compensation there. Well, you know the
2: businesses in Eglinton are absolutely not asking for a handout they they really are. Are asking for a lifeline just to be able to survive long enough to enjoy the benefits of the LRT that's being constructed now. And, uh, and, and the Metrolink from the provincial government recently announced another two-year delay, which means that even the businesses that have just been hanging on are really worried about their survival. Um, now, no compensation, I wouldn't suggest, should just be money thrown into the air and see where it lands uh businesses should be able to demonstrate uh, through statements that they have been directly injured by the construction and that their revenues have been impacted and then that's how compensation should be considered uh but you know what, what what mike and i have been saying to the provincial government is is like first of all we're grateful we're very grateful to mr mulroney for actively listening to us for taking significant steps forward uh, towards us and the businesses we appreciate that. But what we, what we want to make sure is, as part of the plan moving forward, that businesses are not considered collateral damage. And in fact, any major you know, provincial transit project like this, businesses should be part of the strategy rather than sort of, you know, the, the government scrambling to kind of address their, their needs you know after the fact. And, and, and you know, because, you know we, we, we want our main streets to survive and we want these people to be able to survive.
1: Um, do you think there's any appetite for that, Mike?
3: Oh, yes, I do. I think that uh, uh, they got the message loud and clear by uh, all the um, awareness brought together by the media about the plight. You know, when you talk about 140 stores closing and you talk about sidewalks, block parking, I mean, St. Clair was a cakewalk compared to this. I mean, this has gone on for nine years and then another three years, perhaps. Uh, And plus, this is all tunneling uh, that goes goes for 19 kilometers. And the other thing, Libby, the project is costing $12 billion. And part of that 12 billion, a small part we're asking for is to be put aside to keep doors open of these businesses who just want to keep working. They don't want to put the money in their pocket. They're going to pay their rent. They're going to pay their employees.
1: And uh, have, you, have you got any uh, kind of a, an early read on how this would be received?
3: Well, we what know that,
1: uh, well, again, that, yes,
3: uh, sorry, Josh. Yeah, the thing is that uh, uh, the province at least has uh, acknowledged that there is a very serious economic issue here uh, and that they have to help the business and, and partner with the city. Uh, because the city cannot compensate at this level. But with the provincial partnership, uh, we can get some real dollars uh, to keep these doors open. So, again, the main thing about yesterday's announcement is that the province said, hey, listen, we're going to try and help. Is it what we all need and want? No, but at least they've said, listen, we are here to try and uh, partner with you. So that's
2: uh, the uh, positive message we received from yesterday's announcement. Josh? Um, I I, I agree with Mike. I mean, we we haven't heard a direct uh, message from the provincial government that they intend to compensate the businesses. But the fact that uh, Minister Minister Mulroney acknowledged the struggle that they're going through um, took a significant step to, you know, to try to address it. And, you know, what Mike and I have been asking Minister Mulroney to do for a while now is, is just come with us, come for a walk, uh, in, in, in my case, uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, to, to, to actively listen to the businesses, to really understand, you know, what their needs are, what they need to be able to survive and, 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 you know, and, and really understand the fact that so many of these people, and we, we talk about businesses, these are people, these are people who've invested everything. They had no idea that this construction not only would, would, would happen, but, but happen for so long that some of them have hoarding in front of their windows for years on end, where nobody can even see them. Parking's been impacted, navigation. There are sidewalks with essentially hoarding that cut off the sidewalks at certain points. Uh, they, they're just asking for a lifeline to be able to survive this construction, and and I believe if the minister would go and just hear them out uh, in good faith, she would understand that that there needs to be uh, a direct uh, address to what their needs are, rather than just promotional advertising. They 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 need just uh, just something to be able to get through the next couple of years, and that's all they're asking for.
1: Michael, we're probably going to see our economy taking a hit because of COVID-19. Is, is this a good time to be uh, out there with uh, hands out?
3: Well, again, it's uh, basically it's a, a time where uh, there are people that are in desperate shape and the, uh, the fears of the virus is even going to make things worse. Uh, for these people in Eglinton, they're already hanging on by their fingernails. So, uh, you know, and the main thing is, it's uh, it's, a, it's an investment in people's jobs because we've already lost about we figure seven eight hundred jobs with stores closing. We're going to lose another seven eight hundred jobs if we don't keep these doors open. Really, uh, seven so eight
1: hundred jobs from from those retailers along yes, there. Yes, yes, from Young Street to uh keel street yes mcdonald's closed
3: second cup it's not only the mom and pop shops uh nobody can uh, keep their doors open so you know every small shop has four or five people uh, working in there barbers uh you know people uh, making clothing furniture etc i mean restaurants uh, a lot of people have lost their jobs
1: okay uh we are beginning to uh, run out of time uh, josh Matlow. what would you like to leave us with Well, you know, we want to we want to see transit bills and we want to make sure that businesses
2: and communities are supportive of those projects and that we can move forward uh, with improving the quality of life of everybody. But, you know, when businesses are just, you know, not only, uh, you know, closing down in Eglinton, but imagine what businesses in Leslieville and other parts of our city are thinking when the Ontario line is proposed and, and elsewhere. Uh, The government would be wise to put together a plan to make sure that Eglinton Business and other businesses are part of the plan rather than collateral damage. It's good for getting transit built. It recognizes the needs of those small business owners. It's good for the economy. And frankly, it's just the right thing to do.
1: Mike Cole, what would you like to leave us with? Well, again, uh, the province is spending $12
3: billion on this line. Paul was saying make sure you put a little bit of that money towards keeping these small businesses open who just want to work. And then in terms of money, the province is going to spend another $25 billion building other lines. So uh, put some money into fixing up Eglinton first before you spend billions everywhere else. Because what we're fighting for in Eglinton, we're fighting for small business, not only Eglinton, But if we win this battle here, we're going to help small business right across the city deal with these long, long long-term construction projects, which are really hard.
1: Okay. That is all the time we have. Thank you so much, Josh Matlow and Mike Cole.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.